Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Halibu people and their world. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Mi'kmaq wore elaborate garments for special occasions like weddings and feasts. Robes of white moose were common. Often, the robes were decorated with two-inch strips of ornamented leather. Colors were obtained from red and yellow ochres, white from powdered or burned shell, black either from bog manganese or from charcoal. For different feasts, ceremonies, and rites, the Mi'kmaq man painted his body. In mourning, the whole face was painted black. In war, red was used. From Mi'kmaq spirit. Spring has finally arrived in Halibut territory. In York Harbor, the snow is almost all gone, except for a patch here and there in the shade. And after the last few difficult months dealing with the enrollment issue, we have some good news to report on an exciting cultural event this summer. Our guest is Sherry Dean, chair of the Halibut Cultural Foundation. The foundation is teaming up with Parks Canada on the first-ever Grossborn Indigenous Cultural Festival from August 4th to 6th in Cowhead. Three days of teachings, dancing, music, and fun. I talked to Sherry about how the event came to be, what we can expect on the three days, and the importance of culture in building the Halibu Mi'kmaq First Nation. Sherry, before we uh, start talking about... uh the very exciting news about the Grossmont Indigenous Cultural Event in August. Let me ask you first about the about the Cultural Foundation. The Halibu Cultural Foundation is uh, it's part of the band, but you're separate in a way too because you have your own board of directors. So explain yes. what the relationship of the foundation is with the with the band. Okay, that's that's a really good uh, point to differentiate, Glenn. If you think about two siblings with the same parent, for example, everyone in the foundation and everyone in the band are Mi'kmaq, and we aspire to the same things, but the foundation was created by the band as a separate arm so that we would, our mandate would be to preserve, promote, and protect culture. So the band involves itself with other things, with lots of other things. But we, however, have a mandate simply to preserve, promote, and protect culture. And so also, uh, so we came together. And you have your own board of directors. And you get money from the band, but you also raise your own uh, money. So you have separate governance and separate finances too, I suppose. We do. Yes, we have separate governance, separate finances, separate mission statement. We're separate, but we're all Mi'kmaq, and, you know, Chief is aware of what's happening on on our board, and I'm aware of what's happening at the band level. As a matter of fact, two of the band representatives sit on the foundation board, and that's a way of of them keeping in the loop so that we always know what the other arm of Halibut is doing, Uh, but, but we're entirely separate. And we're we're uh, we're a fundraising arm of Halibut because our mandate, of course, in promoting and preserving culture, is to raise funds 
so that we can distribute them to people who are doing things to to learn about or or promote culture. And that's a that's a very good uh, introduction to for the big news, the Grossmore Indigenous Indigenous Cultural Event from August uh, two to four in um, in the Cowhead uh, area, the Shallow Bay uh, Day Park, yes. uh, I think. Yes. So tell us tell us how that uh, that event came to be. Uh, your partner is Parks Canada, so who yes. called who in that uh, relationship? Yes. Well, we're really excited about this for many reasons. So Parks Canada came to us, as you know, we work with Parks Canada on a lot of our experiences that we do now. For example, one of the things that we we help with is um, part of the grade five curriculum at schools in Western Newfoundland is that children have the opportunity to go to Kill Devil, which is part of Parks Canada, to spend a couple of days learning about Mi'kmaq culture. So they go to this beautiful park area and they learn about the the directions and the medicines and the circle and the talking stick and they're taken on a little medicine walk and they learn about conservation and about how people would have lived and they they just learn all kinds of wonderful things and get a lot of insight about Mi'kmaq. So we've been doing those kinds of things with Parks Canada for six or seven years now. So when they approached us this year and said, we'd like to partner with you to do an event, that was sort of on our agenda anyway. As a board, we've been in existence now for just about three years, and we are now thinking, okay, well, maybe we've been around long enough and we've got enough governance in place that we can actually take a step forward and look at doing an event. And so it was perfect timing for us. And the beautiful thing about this is what we wanted to do was sort of um, increase the powwow trail. This is not a powwow, by the way, but there is a powwow in Flat Bay, which is well-established and well-attended and and well-advertised, and it's just a beautiful experience in July. There's also a powwow in Con River, uh, I think a week or so later. So this event happens in August. This will be the first, and we're hoping a first annual, but we'll see how it goes because it's baby steps, of course. So the idea of this event, this Indigenous Newfoundland celebration in August, is that a lot of people would like to know more of Indigenous culture and maybe are insecure because they don't really understand powwow etiquette or don't they don't really know you know, they're nervous about dancing. Maybe they'll end up being disrespectful or maybe they'll take pictures at the wrong time or have their hat on at the wrong time. I'm I'm talking about everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone is welcome at this Indigenous event. It's not held for Mi'kmaq people or Indigenous people or Inuit. It's held for anyone who's interested in Indigenous culture. But the thing is, it's a three-day event. On day one, you you get lots of teachings. You get uh, teachings about how to prepare for a sweat lodge ceremony, for example. And then after you've had the teachings, you have the opportunity to attend a sweat lodge. On day one, you get to learn some steps to a dance. And on day two, during the mini powwow, you can actually dance in the arbor if you choose to do that once you've learned some dance steps. 
So this three-day celebration has a component of teachings, which we think are so important to give anyone who's interested, anyone, I don't care what color, what age you are, it's a family-oriented event, and everyone is welcome to just see what indigenous culture is like and to learn some learn some things about indigenous culture. Yes, and, and, then, and as, you, as, you, as you say, uh, even for our own people, because we've come to our, our cultural, our cultural lead and light, some of us, we yes. have our own education to do to about what it is to be Mi'kmaq. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. And so and, then you can actually experience the events on day two. So it's just fantastic opportunity. Mm-hmm. So who who's doing uh, what? Uh, there's obviously a lot of work to do in uh, in preparation, lining people up, preparing facilities. Is Parks Canada doing doing the the actual well, physical work and prep, or are you involved in that also? Parks Canada are providing the location, which is the the day park at Shallow Bay, which is a beautiful area in Gross Morne. So people from away who are interested to come to Newfoundland quite often want to see Grossmorn. It's a World Heritage Site. And so in this beautiful World Heritage Site, which is Parks Canada area, they'll do the legwork of preparing all that stuff. But in terms of the teachings, the teachings and the mini powwow will be hosted by cultural people. Well, you have to hire summer staff to do some of that prep work. We won't be hiring summer staff. Actually, there is a committee in place that's been meeting regularly for some months now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not on that committee, but Kevin Burns, who is also on the board, on the foundation board, hosts that committee. He oversees that committee on behalf of the board. They have been working, and also there are some members at the band office, Kara and Mitch and Nicole, who also work alongside some parks people and some foundation board people and together they've put put up this put together this agenda this three-day agenda so they've they've got it all under control and it's it's going to be it's going to be a pretty awesome event as a matter of fact one of the things i'm really excited about is paul pike is a local guy from cornerbrook here he's he's my hero paul is one of the best Mi'kmaq musicians yes in newfoundland for sure probably in canada He's very well-known and very well-respected. And he's part of a band, I think they're called Medicine Dream, Mm -hmm. and they will be performing at this festival. So this is huge. You know, anyone who knows anything about Indigenous music will be blown away with what Paul Pike and his band will will be presenting, will be offering during this festival of Indigenous culture. Um, in terms of uh, Parks Canada, is there will the uh, the relationship then is them providing this the site? Is there a funding relationship uh, between Parks Canada? Are they providing any financial assistance to the foundation for the event, or is that uh, the foundation's responsibility? Oh no, they're not providing they're not providing financial assistance to us. Mm-hmm. The partnership is that we are providing the cultural aspect. Mm-hmm. And they're providing the space, and we are all providing bodies and manpower, because you know there's going to be parking issues, and you know, setting up issues, and breaking down issues, and all kinds of management and and planning. So 
So parks are involved in all of that. In terms of actual money, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not aware that they're. But in terms of manpower and planning, and you know, they're, they're putting in a tremendous amount of effort. Now, this uh, this I would think is the biggest event that uh, the foundation has been involved in to it this is. point because uh, you've been you've been giving. Uh, the financial assistance to people who have their their events uh, planned and yes. um, and yes. uh, so this is a new uh, this is a new uh, adventure for you and yes and the foundation and that being the the host of the event very much so so we're, we're as I say we're a new board and this is a very exciting another step forward for us and we're hoping that you know we're just going to increase and increase and increase in opportunities and learning and teaching and promotion and preservation and just keep moving forward. But I'm very happy with what we're doing. Yes. Uh, we're, we're lucky to have a, a board that includes representation from all of our areas here in Western and Central Newfoundland. And, uh, and everyone is quite invested in what we do. Let me ask you about the cultural uh, aspect uh, generally, because on your on your website uh, you make a very interesting statement. You say we are making every effort to reach out to individuals with limited knowledge of their heritage, yep. and providing them with information and experiences that will assist them in the discovery process. Yep. So I guess the role of the foundation is not merely as a uh, as an events. Um, funder or even in the Gross Morn event um, uh, to be the organizer, but it's something uh, almost on a higher level of that, the, the whole cultural aspect of being Mi'kmaq, which of course without the cultural aspect, you know, there's not much. I mean, the Mi'kmaq experience is, is much about that. So um, I suppose uh, the Gross Morn event is a good way to... Uh, to make that the teaching very accessible in terms of uh, you know an outdoor experience in the park, uh, people are on the the same level, so you're not uh, you don't have to feel self conscious about not knowing uh, stuff. Exactly. You, you learn. Exactly. You know, I I tell the story locally many times that when my daughter was in grade one, she came home from school and said. Mommy, I'm Filipino. And I said, no, you're not Filipino. She said, well, Miss Kahili is Filipino. And I said, yes. She said, well, she's brown and I'm brown. <laughs> and I said to her, my my dear, you know, and this was long before uh, Halibu was a band. I said, my dear, you're a Jackie Tar, which is what we were called. That was a slang term for, you know, mixed breed, half breed people here on the west coast of Newfoundland. I said, you're not Filipino, you're Jackie Tar. So we really grew up, most of us, not knowing. We knew on some level, but we certainly didn't talk about it. You know, my grandfather used to jokingly call my uncle Sagama. What do you think you know everything? Who are you, Sagama? Mm. We didn't know what Sagama meant. But we just didn't talk about being First Nations because for some reason that was always a taboo conversation. So we didn't grow up really knowing. The knowing has come to us all later. And so we're we're playing catch up. But so many people are so happy now. 
I, I think of it as the, the springtime for Mi'kmaq people in Newfoundland, that the cold, long winter of not knowing and not speaking is gone. And now we're a proud people and we get to rediscover who we were and stories that weren't spoken of often, but were, were spoken of quietly just within families. Now people are free to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And to recognize little things like Grandpa calling Uncle Les Sagama, to recognize that those words were there because they were passed on and passed on, and to know our stories and to know our communities and how they all evolved. One of my dreams is to have a published history of the West Coast of Newfoundland that we can teach our children because we, the history that they learn in school is not our story. Mm-hmm. They're a story, but they're not our story. And I think as we grow in our pride as the First Nations people, we need to tell our authentic stories. And the Gorsborn event is, is is great for that because it'll be um uh three days yes. of uh of education but but uh but fun. So fun and, it and is, opportunities it is to tell story. Absolutely, and that's great to have it in the calendar because, uh, as well as the uh, as our Flat Bay event and the uh, the Con River event, now we have uh, a third uh, big event in our calendar. So, I suppose uh, to, for people who are making their their summer plans, especially people who live out of province, yes, uh, what what should they do now? They should put the event in their calendar. They should get the Parks Canada. Pass because uh, national parks are are free this year for Canada yes. 150. Yes. And if they're if they want to stay uh, overnight in the uh, Cowhead uh, area, I suppose yes. they should start thinking about uh, their accommodations. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, you know, Cornerbrook is about I'm thinking two hours away, and then there's uh, Norris Point and Rocky Harbor. Cowhead, maybe St. Paul's. So all of that area will have places, bed and breakfasts and tenting areas, and there'll be places, you know. But they will book up fast, and anyone who wants to mark August 3rd, 4th, 5th on their calendar, you know, wants to be looking for accommodation now. And there'll be extra tenting areas made available as well. There's no registration. Everyone is welcome. It's, as I say, it's family-oriented. And there'll be pro- programs going on all day long, on day one, two, and three. And uh, it's going to be just a great event, a great opportunity to to hear teachings and to see living culture and to talk to knowledge keepers. You know, it's just going to be amazing. Sherry Dean, chair of the Halibu Cultural Foundation. And mark your calendars, the Grossborn Indigenous Cultural Festival is August 4th to 6th, the Flat Bay Powwow is July 14, 15, and 16, and the Maelbugag Powwow and Con River is July 7th to 9th. Before we go, a reminder to please sign the e-petition to be presented to Parliament on the enrollment issue. Google Alapu e-petition or click the link on the Mi'kmaq Matters blog spot. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. 
Thanks also to Halibut artist Marcus Goss for permission to use Celebration Time. We always uh, love to hear from you. You can contact me directly, wheeler.glen, with two N's, at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Mi'kmaq Matters. That's M-I-Q-M-A-Q Matters. Check us out online, mi'kmaq-matters.blogspot.ca. Listen on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. This is Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.